Now on BBC One, we bid happy 30th birthday to Doctor Who with a look back at this popular science fiction series, complete with its range of scary monsters that over the years have evoked varying reactions from absolute delight to just plain fear. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-three. Nineteen ninety-three. The rock and roll years. Yes, I remember those. We're exploring the year that was celebrating the thirtieth anniversary. All that and more in this exciting episode of Doctor Who: The Complete Menagerie. Almost. Hello, my name is Sam. Oh, I'm Greg. I think just about. And I'm still Charlie. Mm. We're hanging on in there, aren't we? (laughs) We've been to the Bridge Inn. Oh, yeah, we've been to the Bridge Inn. We've imbibed. Uh, Yeah. And and we're all here together to talk about something very special, very dear to our hearts. It's the year of 1993. Yes. uh, The year that celebrated 30 years of Doctor Who. Yes, I mean, some some of our listeners might not have even been born then. It's hard to imagine. It's unlikely. They they, they, they don't even recall the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989, the year they shot Ceausescu. It was a mere four years before. Mm. 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 But we're all there. We were all different ages. We're all in it. But you all have very fond memories of 1993. Oh, God, yes. But before we start, I've got a line to see. Oh, yes. Is that okay? Fantastic. Is it from Doctor Who? It might be. Or Jurassic Park? (laughs) Or Edge of Darkness? (laughs) Here's my line. Oh, yes. What do you mean, discount? This year's been bad enough as it is without giving things away. Ooh, that's like a like a shop seller would say something like that, wouldn't they? So who has a shop? It's not. Is it? It wouldn't be Hale and Pace in Survival, I don't think. There's a shop in Dragonfire. There's a shop in Reign of Terror. My first thought was Peggy Mount. Ah, <gasps> incredible show. Ah, you might not, be right. Oh, yes. What do you mean, discount? This year's been bad enough as it is without you giving things away. Uh, you giving things away. So it's two the, of them. So it's not, um, it's not Greatest Show in the Galaxy. It's not Greatest Show in the Galaxy. It's not survival. It's not survival. Uh, is it Robert Davy in License to Kill? Launder <laughs> <laughs> <Lord> it. <laughs> um... Ah, what yes, could I say? Selling something. You were close with the hail and pacing. Mm. That's all I'll say. So, is it from Survival? Is it McCoy? Kind of. Kind, kind of. of McCoy. Is it? It's not from Dimension on Time, is it? Right. <laughs> it is from Dimensions on Time. Or Dimensions in. Time. Oh, so is it? Who's saying? Is, is it, it um, Mike Reed? Nope. No, it's. Um, Big, big rock. Tailforth. Now you've got to start thinking about EastEnders characters from 1993. Is it Wendy Richardson? Who would be selling stuff on a stall in 1993? Uh, no, um, it'll be, yeah, it'll William be... William Beale. The other Beale. Wasn't William Beale. Russell Beale. It wasn't a Beale. It's not a Beale at all. Come on, Were you watching? Simon Russell watched it. Were you watching EastEnders in '90? Was it Kate O'Mara? I watched this. Was it Andrew Beach? Better things to do than watch soap operas. I think I need to tell you. Go on. It's Gita from the Sanjay and Gita relationship. Yeah. And the conversation is from Ace. Hey, Professor, look at this. And then Sanjay goes, 
Oh, darling. <laughs> right, darling, special discount for you since it's nearly Christmas. Oh, wicked. Here, yeah, what do you mean, discounts? This year's been bad enough as it is without you giving things away. Don't worry about it, all right? Don't worry about it, all right, Gita. Oh, yeah. Hey, do you like that, love? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is all the stuff where they had to cut lines from Dimensions on Time because they didn't have much time. <laughs> Can you imagine? Jesus Christ! God, has it come to this? Yeah, you got there. Thirty years. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, it was dimensions in time. Um. Nigel Nicholas Edmonds. What's his name? No Edmonds. Nigel Edmonds. He has that show. Parsons. The house party. He welcomed on Clive Dunn from Dad's Army. No, that was John Pertwee. No, immediately before. Clive Dunn was immediately before, and then it was John Pertwee who came in and was very funny. Was very dismissive of of Nigel Edmonds. They told me he was thick. I, I, talk, I thought they were talking about his waistline. <laughs> That's one of his lines, isn't it? I heard he was thick. I thought they were talking about his waist. This is great. We've been looking forward to seeing you in, in your new adventure, Dimensions in Time. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing it for sure. Yes. I'm, I'm in it, you know, with all the other doctors uh-huh. and a lot of my wonderful companions. Uh-huh. Great, you'll need a pair of these. Oh, will I? These are the new 3D specs that well, you've got to wear so for this. And all the villagers from Crinkly Bottom, put your specs on, please. There they go. Right, I hope you've got your specs ready. This is amazing television. God bless him, we love him. Oh. It was a very exciting time, 1993, but I think we've probably got ahead of ourselves because we're talking about the arse end of 93, which is when mm-hmm. it was all kind of coming to a head, you know, mm. uh, the, the literal 30th anniversary months when Doctor Who was reaching that point. But let's go back to the beginning of early 1993. What was going on for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Greg is looking at me, I'm thinking... That would take some unpacking. Well, you've, you've got ten minutes. <laughs> well, I... Okay. I've, got ten, you, I've been given ten minutes. I don't know if this... My personal backstory is of remote interest to any listener. But, okay. Make myself comfy. So, <laughs> let's just uh, take a pew, pull up a G&T. Uh. So, here it is. 1993... <laughs> Have you got the Archie the the theme from Simon Bates' show? Play it over the top of this. Which I think is Nino Rota's score from uh, Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, if I'm not mistaken. Let's have it. Um, It's not a particularly sad story, but... You see, I started secondary school in September 1989, which Doctor Who fans will immediately hone in on the fact that that was round about the time that the final Doctor Who season ever made with Sylvester McCoy, season 26 was about to air. And it was a tough couple of years, you know, I took, it took a while for me to settle into secondary school. I had a tough time. This was in the um, arse end of Liverpool. And I, my parents sent me to a private school, so I, 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 it was relatively comfortable, but we, I still had a few problems and, and they wanted me to try various things. And they said, go on, Greg, go and, go and play rugby for your school. And I hated rugby. And, um, and I enjoyed football, but they didn't play it. And I'd been a very good goalkeeper, and I had no use for this skill. And I was about the 13th best swimmer for my age group. And of course, you know, only the top 10 would be picked for the swimming team, so I had no chance of that. And, and so um, everything I did as an 11 or 12-year-old was a complete failure. I was failing constantly. And my parents thought, well, you're very bright. 
and they did these tests at school. So every Christmas and every summer you had to take tests and so on to see how you ranked in the school. And I'd go home and say, well, you know, I came, I came seventh out of 30. And my parents would say, well, we're very disappointed in you. Quite rightly, because I was much more capable than that. But in those times, you know, I was a bit, uh, a bit lost, a bit directionless. I didn't really know where I was going. And then things came to a head when I was forced to do the Combined Cadet Force, the CCF, for a year, which was this military operation where you had to go around handling guns and so on and, and marching up and down in the playground. And, and to me, as a free thinker, uh, this was total anathema to me. I didn't like being constricted in this way. So I, le I left the CCF under a cloud, <clears throat> and my mother said, well, if you're going to leave, you have to go and hand your your uh, uniform back to the sergeant major and she thought that this would be so intimidating an experience to a 13 year old that I would never possibly do it and I absolutely did it you know my, my balls were like steel and I went up and handed my uniform back and he berated me for f five minutes you know you 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 boy blah, 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 and gave me gave me hell and I thought well that's okay because I'll tolerate this and then I'm and then I'm free of this bullshit which indeed I was. But then I was free of absolutely everything. So apart from my studies, I was doing nothing. And my parents said, well, you need to have a hobby. So is there anything else? I mean, they'd run through all the, you know, the sport that I was no good at. And, and I was a painfully shy child. I mean, even talking to a neighbour was um, difficult for me. So they said, what, what else can you possibly do? And I said, well, there is one thing. Oh, yes, what's that? And I said, well, I've always quite wanted to try the theatre and there was this silence uh, have you what you mean building sets no 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 acting and I, I'd quite like to go on the stage and all I can think now looking back is I remember I remember meeting Anthony Ainley at a Doctor Who convention when I was about 11 years old and he said to me what would you like to be when you grow up and I said I'd like to be an actor and I don't know where that came from I was a painfully shy child so, sure enough, within about a week, my mother had rang round lots of places and, and, and she said to me, well, you've got an audition next week for the Southport Youth Theatre. And that, that really put me on the spot. That put the willies up me. I thought, what? I was 14 years old at this point. And she said, apparently, I've been told by the director, it's the perfect time because we've just finished one show and we don't start rehearsals for the next one for another three weeks. So if your son comes on Monday night, we've got three weeks of just doing fun and games and stuff, theatrical games, and um, and we'll, we'll 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 see what he's like. So I went along, painfully shy. I went along, and and um, my dear mother dropped me off and um, stayed in the bar at the Southport Arts Centre. And I think she thought oh, maybe it'll be half an hour or so just trying out this uh, new hobby. And I was two hours. It was a long session she was sitting there waiting and I was uh, I found the whole process extremely intimidating meeting these people that were strangers and most of them were teenagers that were 16 17 18 you know some of them were 19 which when you're 14 is very very old so I found this whole process extremely intimidating but I went back to her at the end of it and I I hadn't particularly enjoyed it I felt a little bit humiliated but I thought well now I have to go back and so I went back the following time, and it was the auditions. And what they were auditioning for was The Taming of the Shrew. And I'd never even heard of Shakespeare, can you believe? You know, at the age of 40, never heard of Shakespeare. And I 
and it was a one-on-one -on -one audition with the director and I had to read these lines from Shakespeare and I was looking at them that seemed to be sort of somewhat familiar words but it was almost like trying to read a foreign language uh, totally impenetrable completely flunked the audition but anyway the director saw something in me and um, it gave me a small part playing the haberdasher in the Taming of the Shrew that was you know, maybe had about six or seven lines or something like that and um, and they couldn't fill all of the cast. They had Petruchio and Kate played by teenagers, but they couldn't fill all of the cast with, uh, with teenagers. So they had to get some semi-professional actors who were in their 30s to come in and play some of the supporting characters, quite a lot of them, uh, the, the, the comedic characters. And, um, and so I went from this text seeming incredibly impenetrable to enjoying it and I watched these actors rehearsing this show and all of a sudden it was almost like a light bulb going on in my head and, and, and this suddenly clicked this Shakespeare and I started to feel I understood it I understood the rhyme and the meter and the meaning and the words and what the story was about and the plot and so on and so on and so on and I took the text home and it was almost like a almost like a little secret thing that I opened and tried to read it myself and started to understand it. And this was a revelation to me as a 14-year-old. And I'd only at this point read Terence Dix's novelizations of Doctor Who stories. I had no idea about Shakespeare. It was incredible. And as my confidence grew, they started to give me more and more lines. So I, I, I started off having about six or seven lines. And, and by the time we were rehearsing the show, I'd get, gone up to about 20 lines. And I was coming on and off and, you know, doing bits and bobs and that. And then I went back to, and, this, and so this is 1993, I went back to school and the English teacher said, well, we're going to start a course now. Yes. Um, we're doing The Merchant of Venice, which is written by William Shakespeare. And this is going to be a, a bit of a leap for all of you. And it was the only moment in my life where I've ever been streets ahead of everybody else. And uh, they, we were asked to read in class, and I could, I could read it very, very fluently. And it was all thanks to uh, these rehearsals with these older actors and so on. And it all started to come together and gel in my mind, and I, my confidence shot through the roof. So from the 1st of January 1992 to the end of 1993, I was a completely different person. My, my confidence just just blossomed. I remember in 1993, I bought my first pint. I was with <laughs> these kids who were, you know, 16, 17, 18, um, and they bought me a, a, a lager and I had a few and then they said, oh great, it's your round. What? It's your round. And this is, was in a pub called The Cricketers. And um, I said, well, I never, I never, I don't know. You, and I was about six foot by the time I was 14, so I had height on my side. <laughs> and also it was an old man's pub so there was no chance they were going to turn me down so they said off you go go, go, and, go and order a, a round and I, I, you know, I, I tell this story quite bolshy like yeah I went and ordered rounds of, I ordered pints when I was 14 well I did but my legs were like wine bags when I went up and I was ordering this stuff and this was 1993 and uh, so I got my I, I ordered my first round when I was 1993 I lost that element of virginity and um uh, it was very Rabelaisian with these uh, 
with these characters and so on. And, and we put the show on, and it was a, a, a really big success. And um, it was the direct. The director was Susie Walker, is her name, who's an amazing woman. And we're friends on Facebook. And um, but she was fearsome. You know, she could be cruel. She wasn't kind. <laughs> you had to know where you stood with her. She could be very belittling. But to get the compliment from her, it was like the the best thing ever. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I stuck with it. And, and sure enough, you know, I only had about 20 lines in that, but I, I was on cloud nine uh, doing The Taming of the Shrew. This was in 1993. And, and, and then we were, I, I went, I stayed there for another couple of years doing doing loads of shows to them, gradually sort of building up to, to having better parts and so on. And I, in late uh, 1993, my English teacher uh, auditioned for As You Like It. I got the part of um, Monsieur Melancholy, Jacques. And I got to say, uh, I got to stand in front of all the, the, the parents and the school troops and say, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. And I had the, the whole, you know, he said, I'm going to cut it down. But I ended up having, I ended up, Berating him and saying, "No, I need to do the whole, the whole monologue," and it was, it was, it was sort of a coming of age for me, really. And that was the, it was the same year that uh, Doctor Who was experiencing its 30th anniversary, and the box sets were coming out. Trial of a Time Lord. My mum bought me that. Uh, Remembrance of the Daleks. I remember saving up my pocket money for that with the chase, so I could see the chase for the first time, and all that was going on. But basically, I discovered Shakespeare. And I discovered confidence, and I started to be able to interact with other human beings. And I'd never been able to do that until 1993. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, you're very welcome. Don't know how interesting it is. No. Lovely story. Lovely. Lovely. <coughs> Lovely to hear. Lovely to hear. Well, 1993 was an important time, though, wasn't it? Because I think it was probably the beginning of the 90s. You think about it. Mm. 92, 91. Very much still the late 80s in yeah. many ways, in yeah. terms of culture and everything hangover. else. Mm. Really the hangover. But 1993, it felt like we were moving into the, a new era. If you look at television in 1993, suddenly the, the, the style of things start to change, the quality shifts, you know, everything was very different. And it all, almost felt like Doctor Who's 30th anniversary celebration was a little bit of a like, you know, we'll do this thing for this old show, mm. which has not been on the air for four years. Four years. And I imagine it'd be a long time. A long time for a kids' TV mm. show, crikey! You know, for someone my age that was 11 years old in 1993, I think mm. BBC Two had repeated yes. a, a good set of episodes on it Friday was, nights. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. It was. The show. It was time, Friday night. The Time Medal, for sure. Yeah, yes. watching that. The, the, the Mind Robber. That yes. was the Troughton one. Right? Yeah. Planets of the Daleks was the Pertwee one. The big also, also the Sea Devils. Well, you see, ah, no, the Sea Devils separate. the original one. There was a there was a repeat season. Of yes, all, but mm. no, that was ninety two. Ninety two. Yes, mm. planet was season. later on. Yeah, uh, ninety four maybe planet. No, no, that no, was ninety three. Ninety three right. for planet. I think the poetry one was the demons. It was. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. You're right. This was early ninety two. Early yeah. ninety two. Yeah, yes, that's right. Right. Yeah. right. So the demons was recolorized. I remember being so disappointed with the mind dropper because they already had it on VHS. Ah, yes. Yeah, yes. I remember, I remember seeing the mind drop because they, they were broadcasting Doctor Who and Jerry Anderson together on BBC Two, mm. so you could watch mm. 
Stingray, and then you could watch an episode of Doctor Who. And I had to go to my Cub Scouts on Friday nights. So I only got to see Stingray. Yeah. And then I had to leave before Doctor Who could come on, as far as I remember. Well, I remember watching the, the, uh, uh, the time medley in the rec room at uh, Cartmel College in Lancaster, where it was mm. at the time doing my degree. And uh, me and my, my mates were watching the time medley. Hmm. And this lady walked in and said, um, Are you watching the eyes of Laura Mars? <laughs> <laughs> It's a Fed Dunaway film. Right. Ah. No, no, we're watching Doctor Who. It's, it's in black and white. Oh, well, let me know when, when you've turned it over, please. I want to watch The Eyes of Laura Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? For the queue, please, yes. darling. Get out, love. Check we've got bloody heart on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your place. So I, I was 14 or 15, so how old are you boys? Well, 11. In 93, um, I was 20. 21. God, it's a like you were coming of age sort of yeah, era, the 21 era. Did you, I mean, it was, for me, 93 was a significant year. Did you feel it was a significant well, year? Well, on my or? 21st birthday, the, or the day before my birthday, I was sitting in the pool room of the Stand Up Arms pub in Barnsley, or it was in Dunford Bridge with my dad dad was in the in, right. the in the bar having a drink with his friends and the guy who owned the pub had a satellite dish so he had Super Channel or whatever it was did he have UK Gold yes yes ah. and it was Pyramids of Mars <gasps> episode one oh. and I'm in, on my own in the pool room in the Sun of Arms watching Pyramids of Mars um, late at night dad's having a, a drink and then it goes midnight and they, they, they come into the from the, the saloon bar with a load of <coughs> an armful of free T-shirts from John Smith's Lager and <laughs> <laughs> and it was Edric was the landlord. He went twenty-one today, twenty-one today. <laughs> he came with this big heap of free freebie T-shirts. It's very kind of Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not Adric. Un- Edric. Oh, okay, so Edric. Edric must live. Yes. So it was it was a, a win-win for me. I got to watch Pyramids mm. of Mars, and I also got some free T-shirts, <laughs> which I still own. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you cheapskate. Oh my God. Uh, Do they cheap, still fit? What a cheap battle I am. Yeah. Extraordinary. Uh, so so that was yeah that was that was the middle of '93. I think. Mm. What about you, son? Well, I was 11 in 93, and my 11th birthday was in 93. So you just had you just started secondary school? No, no, it was the year before. In September? No, it was, it was the year before secondary school, so I was finishing. So you started secondary school in 1994? 1994. Yeah, I did, Jesus yeah. In September 94, yeah. Right. So my last year, uh, the 93 season, uh, Dr. Who, if you like it, the winter season of 93 was uh, in my last year. Uh, before going into 94, the academic mm. year. Mm. And it was so exciting. And I think 1993 really re-stimulated my interest in Doctor Who because, of course, there was, apart from those repeat episodes, which was only one outing a week in Doctor Who magazine, uh, there wasn't much going on. But it was a very exciting time in the, in the preceding year. Uh, Genesis of the Daleks was broadcast, as oh, I yes, recall, in 92. Yes. Mm. And that really captured the imagination of all my school friends. Right. But like anything else with um, television in those days with kids, stuff needs to have momentum. Uh, you can't just have six episodes of something go out and expect it to keep on going afterwards. That's why Doctor Who was always very successful in the old days, because it ran for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the reasons why the McCoy era fizzled out was because it was on for basically two months and then gone again. Yeah. Um, 
1993, there really seemed to be an effort in terms of the BBC's broadcast outlet of putting on content from about, I'd say, September 93, well up to November. There was something going on in terms Mm. of Doctor Who, whether Mm. it was repeats of Planet of the Daleks, whether it was BBC Radio broadcasting Paradise of Death, whether it was the BBC... uh, transmitting their documentary about Doctor Who which they did on BBC Radio and of course then there was a 30 Years in the TARDIS which was on primetime BBC One which I actually misremembered as being on BBC Two at the time. I I would have thought BBC Two. Now on BBC One we bid happy 30th birthday to Doctor Who. But it was on BBC One. Really? Mm. Which the memory cheats. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Philip Hinchcliffe used to say that. Yes he did. (laughs) He also said stay tuned. Yes that's right. At the end of survival and didn't we? I was very lucky in many ways. My mum and dad had a VHS recorder, so I, I recorded much of this stuff as, as this devout fan to watch back. It's the latest thing in digital technology, isn't it? Recording onto VHS cassette. Yeah. Well, I didn't have the money to buy all the stuff that was being released at the time. No, um, did. I mean, there was a lot of merchandise. We'll talk about the merchandise in a moment. Um, Freddie Yeager, he'd have had the money. But, uh, but most, most of us wouldn't. Well, well, well I kind of did. Mm. You had that the cash I, to I spend. Was, well, not I didn't student need, loan. I didn't need to spend that money because I, at that, by that time, I'd acquired a lot of tapes from mm. certain sources that will remain nameless. Ian Levine. Who, no, mm. who got them? <laughs> who got them from Australia? So I had most of the old ah. stuff on copy <coughs> tapes. So uh, in my, in uh, was it Jeff Roll? No, he, was he flogging you tapes? No, it wasn't Jeff Hoon either. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the, it, the old autumn term of '93. We moved into a house on Golgotha Road in Bowerham oh, in Lancaster. Good name, good name. Me and, me and mm. my, my, my mates, mm. one of whom uh, Rob is a listener. So hi, ah. hi Rob, how are you doing? Hello, Looking Rob. Looking forward to that point. We, yes. we, we promised to have. Is he a handsome chap? Uh, his, bring him out. Uh, he's please. married. Yeah. yeah no. Well, that's that's okay. He's a lovely chap. Um, but we okay, were in this house in in Lancaster and. Mm. I had all these tapes in in the this big uh, sort of sideboard in our mm. front room in, in this house in Golgotha. Like a wicker basket. No, that's like a big, like a big drawer. Mm. And we had this. It was, we were very pleased to see that we um, that our landlord had left behind this very old, sort of clunky, big silver-looking VHS player. Right. Player. So we'd spend mm. most of our evenings watching Doctor Who old stuff on on this. Mm. Um, on this wonderful still um, work then you could crack top, it up and top loader type thing yeah, yeah. It was a very old fashioned uh, machine mm. but it worked um, so did we play Doctor Who oh, well, well when I put my tape in the machine mm. in the front of the machine through the, the aperture it would start playing so yes yeah, we watched mm. Doctor Who from these tapes um, and of course we had I remember very clearly uh, it was November of that year yes. they were, they were uh, repeating Planet of the Daleks on BBC One. That's right. And um, and I remember Rob calling me from upstairs, called me downstairs, it was about to to begin. And I remember throwing myself down the stairs to get, in my haste, to get in front of this TV. In a couple of minutes on BBC One, John Pertwee sets off for the Planet of the Daleks, celebrating 30 years of Doctor Who. Breaking breaking lots of floorboards on the way down. Ah, but no bones. No, but no bones. Uh, Because it was such a thrill to see one of our shows, a show we haven't been broadcast for a long time, on primetime BBC One and of course episode three was still black and white yes this is the first yeah. time in, in 20 years that anything at all had been shown on, on BBC One primetime in black and white 
so thank the, you, dear boy. The pride we felt, one of ours, yes, was being shown in black yeah. and white. You know, when it really mattered, was 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 incredible. You know, it was a real thrill to see it at all. Mm. And of course, on BBC One, you know, in the East End of slot, it was like, wow, you know, this is this is a big deal. Um, Isn't it extraordinary to think though that there you were watching that and. There I was watching that. Yes, probably at the same scale, time. You know, yeah, you know, and um, November the fifth was the first episode of Planet. We yeah. would meet more or less a decade later. Yeah, or a decade and a half later mm. for Samuel. A, a but decade, there we a were. A decade and three weeks later. Yes. <laughs> there is a being, a figure from another planet, who came to Scarrow in something called a TARDIS. <laughs> Enemy of the Daleks. The intelligent life form? Oh, yeah. Aspirident. 30 years of travelling through time, and who should appear to disappear from your screens? Doctor Who and the Daleks, tonight at 7.30 on BBC One. It was, it was a real, genuine 1980s like feel because it was episodic. Every week you had yeah. to wait. And yeah. you gotta bear in mind, I'd never seen a, a, a Planet of the Daleks before. Pertwee was my favourite Doctor at the time. Good time to be a Pertwee fan in 93. Oh, he was yes. everywhere. Mm, mm. Planet of, um, uh, a paradise of death. The Paradise of Death. Starring John Pertwee as the Doctor. With Nicholas Courtney as Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart and Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith. Episode one. Paradise of death, of course, but also, you know, there was the, the, the great um, excitement of uh, uh, the demons being in colour as well at the time. Yeah, that's right. That yes. was a really big deal. They'd managed to put, I remember, technology worthy of the Doctor himself. Oh, it was, it was on Tomorrow's World. It was on Tomorrow's was. World. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Recolorising, and it showed you clips of... Uh, yeah. Darius Heyman was her name, wasn't it, being recolorised? I think I said that, uh, well, obviously they hadn't yet uh, chroma dot ah, colorized. Well, no, they hadn't. Planets. Well, no, they hadn't. Was well no, before that. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. well before that. Painting each frame mm. separately by hand. I seem to remember before the episode went out in monochrome, they had that Scottish woman going, It's a potential death trap! Lenny Foldswood. And Ian Levine was, uh, was, was in it, wasn't he? So they'll always be... Oh, yes, 110 missing episodes. He was, <laughs> was, was cock-on with that. On, on his, on his <laughs> it was very exciting to watch Planet of the Daleks, and I was recording on VHS like you, Charlie, yeah. uh, weekly, including the little mini-documentaries. Yes, yes. There, were four, there was one about Unit, there was one about Doctor Who Toys and the TARDIS. Which is the, the anorak, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, there's all sorts of little bits. It was really exciting, and I was privileged to take the video cassette after I'd recorded the first three episodes into school... Mm. And we were allowed to watch episode one of Planet of the Daleks uh, at school in my class. And my teacher was so kind that that November she wrote a play mm. called Doctor Who in the Mists of Time oh. and cast me as Doctor Who. Oh, bless so lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Both have theatrical stories <laughs> this year. And I was Sylvester McCoy's doctor. <sighs> and I had two companions. Did my... you have the jumper? I didn't have the jumper, I didn't have that, but my mum did a good job, and mm. I, it was basically a, like a yellow jacket. I had a white bowler hat, I had a, the umbrella, a paisley scarf. It's pretty close for a very mm. cheap school play, but what was really exciting, out of cardboard, and there was a photograph of this, we built a Dalek, and we had an imperial Dalek made of cardboard. 
you were going to say Super wow. 800. Wow. But no, that is impressive. And we built a TARDIS out of blue paper Brilliant. and a desk that was lifted to one side. Mm. But it was, bless her, looking back, some of the dialogue wasn't so great because the Dalek was a companion. <laughs> and had lines such as please now enter the TARDIS <laughs> which was a bit like probably Dimensions of Time wasn't far from that but I mean well we love about this now they'll do it in the new series won't they a very polite a Dalek. very polite yeah, Dalek yeah, and all it did was get very agitated as we travelled through time and space like a 60s episode and met people from the past <laughs> so and I prevented the, the, the fire of London which looking back was, was in the visitation <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but that was actually in our script. Yes. But Marx's PC lunacy will surely dictate that a Dalek will become a companion, surely, within the next five years or so. Yeah. But thinking of the wider world in 1993, it was the year that, uh, famously, on Tom Baker's 59th birthday, that Audrey Hepburn died. Oh, really? And she was the lady who got on, the, which was the 20th of January 1993, and she famously got Roger Moore. Yes, into, into UNICEF, UNICEF yeah. dear Sir Roger Moore right. that's your cue sound to find a Roger Moore soundbite and insert it into the edit yeah well, I've never quite <laughs> understood why, why they took the piss out of me for wearing a safari suit oh, thank you Greg <laughs> <laughs> any other work you want me to just do some hoovering while I'm uh, <laughs> maybe one of us should say <laughs> I like it I like it hey 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 oh god let loose honey let loose honey Skin in my mind's eye. That's another edit that's required. Mm. Yes, well, indeed, indeed. They're all a bunch of c. <laughs> <you see that? laughs> Something for you to bleep out. God. <laughs> well, the, the big film of '93, of course, was Jurassic Park. Yes, it was. I was there. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, I didn't see it. Quiet, all of you. We're approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you a story about mm. Jurassic Park when I saw it uh, at the Showcase Cinema. Oh, yes, Just in Hot Leeds. Leeds. No, oh, in, in, in Hot Leeds, Leeds. yeah. Mm. Um, it was a packed house. I, I can't remember who I was with, mm. but they were, they were to my right because I remember looking at the screen and, um, and it was the same with the, the, the T-Rex and oh. the, the two Jeeps and the, mm. the rain's coming down mm. and the... And the uh, the gates are all, the fences are all breached, and, and mm. the, the T-Rex is coming in for the kill. And mm. um, I remember just, it was just a spellbinding moment. I looked mm. around to my, to my left, mm. I could look right down the row of people next to me, and nobody was breathing. Yes. Um, every mouth was agape, yes. and mm. they were just absolutely just transfixed. And I thought, that's good filmmaking. Mm. He has mm. the audience in the of his hand. Oh, you terrified me. Absolutely. He's absolutely ter- I've never been scared in a cinema. Nobody like was that. moving or breathing. Yeah. They were yeah. absolutely just held by that moment. Mm, I yeah. thought that is worth a fiver for a yes. ticket to get this film. Yes. Yeah, that was really effective filmmaking. It was less than that. Remarkable time. I, I remember um, uh, being an absolute coward and the, the moment where the, the fat chappy is in his Jeep. Wayne um, Knight. That's it, and he get, he gets the, the, he gets landlocked in the water, and he can't get out. The jeep can't move, so he gets out, and he starts messing around in the rain, and he gets lost in the mud, and then he drops stuff. And I thought I can't deal with the tension because I know <laughs> this is going badly. Yeah. So I just said to my mother and my cousin, who I was watching it with. <laughs> Doesn't need to go for a week. <laughs> and I, I went and I stood at the latrine doing nothing for a minute, mm. and then came back, 
and he was still in the bloody mud, <laughs> breaking around. <laughs> there's nothing I can do now. And I thought, You're stuck. And then he got back in the Jeep, I thought, it's fine. And a yeah. typical Spielbergian moment, which is comedy and fear combined. Yeah. He does. He's a fantastic guy. Spielberg has seen Edge of Darkness, and that's why he wanted Bob Peck. Is that right? And he had Bob Peck had that kind of sort of you know big nose and so on. So if you if you watch um, Jurassic Park, Bob Peck's always sort of leaning in because mm. he was the hunter. He understood how the dinosaurs thought. So when you when you look at his movements in the not the time of Bob Peck obsessively, <laughs> but when you look at his movements in Jurassic Park, he's, he's moving like a dinosaur. And it's like Lou Jameson's line in um, uh, Robots of Death. Ah, yes, he pool. moves like a hunter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it was the same sort of thing. Mm. 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 It's amazing. But, uh, best actor ever, mm. Bob Peck. He's great in Jurassic Park, and he does the same thing that Quint does in Jaws. Yes, that's He right. makes you scared. Yeah. yeah. Because if the guy who who's the expert yeah. is terrified yes you've got absolutely. good reasons to be worried yeah, totally. yeah and in the first half of the film both quint and and uh, bob pecker in control yes that's and in right. the second half you see mm. the fear and they both get killed off you think shit yeah, yeah. right we're on our own now <laughs> and you see really it in the worried. first sequence what will happen if he's not in control yeah him, the shooter shoot her scene. yeah but there's that mutual respect between hunter and hunted that's right that's yeah. right in, in both films yeah. clever girl clever girl mm. what a line to go out with. Mm. and he was uh, he was uh, uh, born in leeds and brought up in leeds and lived on spen lane spen yeah. lane yeah. around yeah. the corner from here yeah, yeah. leeds yeah. lad yeah Literally around the corner, mm-hmm. walking distance from here. That's right. He yeah. started. He started at the same um, theatre that uh, Tom and I cut our teeth at. Fantastic. It's mm. a small world. It is, isn't it? Bob Peck did well because he was a fine actor. Well, Tom, he's Tom dead now, and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Look on the bright side. Yeah. He's dead, and uh, you know he died mm. some time ago. You know, 1993. Twenty years, almost twenty years since he went. 1993 had some downers, didn't it? And uh, Jackie Hill died in 1993, yeah. mm. um, which was a, a bit of a body blow. Did anybody else die in 1993? Audrey Hepburn. In, in terms of Doctor yeah. Who, though. Uh, Harold Innocent. Yes, I think. Pretty much the last yeah. thing he did was died. Paradise of Death. Mm. Uh, um, yes, he'd famously been in um, Happiness Patrol. Yes, yeah. I'm uh, flicking through Lefissier now. Yeah, 93. Uh, tra- tra- oh! Oh no, not your birthday. Twelfth of September, nineteen ninety-three. Not my Harold birthday. Innocent died. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Paradise of Death actually was going out about that time. Am I right? When, That's when, right. When was Paradise of Death? I think it's in the program guide. Yeah. I think that they, they actually included. I think Harold Innocent died during transmission of um, Paradise of Death. Mm. God, did I, he really? I, I listened to it on uh, cassette when my family went on holiday to Ibiza in 1994. Gosh, look at that. Yeah, so it's the 27th of August, 93, to the 24th of September, 93. Yes, yeah, so he, di- he died birthday. during transmission. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, was, it went out. And, uh, yeah, it got the full details. It takes mm. place, apparently, between the Time Warrior and Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Well, Harold Innocent wished it did, but uh, mm. yeah, still died, didn't he? 
He was very good in it. I, I loved The Paradise of Death because it had a great cast. It had John, P- John Pertwee, Elizabeth Slade, Nick Courtney, Harold Innocent, Peter Miles, who was superb in it. I mean, his voice is, is great, but he mm-hmm. plays an absolute creep. How can you be so inhuman? No, but that's exactly what I am. I'm not remotely human. To be precise, I'm barely humanoid, unlike my friend Sherman Freeth and his compatriots. Would you like to see what my face really looks like underneath this? Look at him in Survivors. Morris Denham's in it as an ancient old guy. Is he really? Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Oh, didn't realise that. Should have thought it. Yeah. Richard, Richard Priest. There's loads of people in it. Um, They're all dead now, aren't they? Apart from the, the boy. Yeah. Pretty much Jeremy. all dead now. Exactly. Uh, Richard Priest, yeah. Jeremy Fitzoliver, who everybody hated at the time. Yeah. Because he was a nerdy geek. But if he was actually very fashionable kind of like casting mm. now, is to actually mm. have a geeky character going, well, I don't really know, Doctor Who. Right. That should do it. Jeremy, bring the tools, will you? But I thought you were going in a rocket thingy. I mean, that's only an old police phone box. Wait till you get inside. Right, that's the way, quickly now. I'm going to close the doors. I see. I mean, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the... Look, what are you doing in here, boy? Why you asked me to bring the tools? Yes, yes, well, it's too late now. I've activated the coordinates. You'll have to come too. You know, it was, that was literally the kind of character he had. These days would be a millennial c- c- wouldn't he? Oh, great. <laughs> gosh. His, his arrival was a great scene. It's like, I heard there's a really good, like, you know, story going on, so uh, yes. I, I told the newspaper, Sarah yeah. Jenkins, why did they send you? Well, nobody else was bothered, so they sent me down with uh, Jude, this little camera, and I thought uh, I'd take some photos. I was pissing myself listening Bloody to this. impression. They, <laughs> they get Owen Jones to play it. <laughs> Stop honking, Cameron. <laughs> 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 he basically is Brendan, where his name is. Well, yeah, Brendan Flowers. How's Brendan. it compared to Slipback? Was it any better? Is it better than Slipback? Slipback is typical. It's very unfriendly Colin Baker era Doctor Who, which is not very accessible. I prefer but... Slipback. Mm. Do you really? Mm. Oh, God. It's got Sandra Dickinson so making terrible screeching noises. It's also got Valentine Dahl in it. Yeah. yeah but... John Glover. Mm. I don't like Slipback. Yeah. I find it very inaccessible and unfriendly. Maybe it's because they packaged it with um, Genesis of the Daleks on I video. They did, yes. Or, on, on cassette. cassette. Mm. And you think, oh, this is great. And then you listen to Slipback and you go, ooh. <laughs> mm. No. I, do, do, the interesting thing about listening to Genesis of the Daleks. Genesis. Genesis of the Daleks. On, on cassette. Audio, on, on cassette. cassette. Is that Ronson sounds exactly like. Tom Baker, and this confused me for ages before really? I finally Does got he? the VHS. Really? It's when he goes, No, Davros, don't! Let the vengeance begin with the death of the arch traitor, Darthal Spy Ronson! No! Davros! Exterminate! Exterminate! No! Exterminate! No!
mind's eye, I thought that was Tom Baker saying that line. It had the ring of Tom Baker saying no! it. And then when I finally saw it on television... Devros! And I saw that it was Ronson saying it. Ronson! Ronson! Who then the gets uh, exterminated. No! But I think they're both from Liverpool. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the actor who played Ronson, Ronson. was from Liverpool. Mm. The Liverpool connection, I think. You see, at the time, uh, in 93, I was a student, as I just uh, pointed out, and I spent my summers um, working in a jet service station in mm. Huddersfield. And um, part of my job at the time was when cigarettes were very were very uh, de rigueur. Yes. Now they're, they're far less People uh, used to smoke. prevalent, but at the time, mm. we we made, or rather my employer made their money on 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 fags. It was, it was soft drinks now. and fags, not really Ridiculous not really petrol. And there was a brand of cigarettes called Ronson's. <laughs> it was a little red packet. They were quite cheap. It was always regal king mm. size or silk cut, but the bottom mm. on the shelf was 20 Ronson's. And of course, whenever I was asked to, to, to deliver uh, to a customer a packet of Ronson's, of course, my, my mind went to the Thou Spy 20 Ronson's! <laughs> That's the cross uh, we have to bear as fans, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it. Don't smoke, kids. No! <laughs> to launch the 1993 Doctor Who 30th anniversary, BBC Video presents these special commemorative releases, available now. Oh, but it's all arranged. Maynard and I have important things to discuss. Yes, Doctor. Panopticon, uh, the 30th anniversary. And oh, it was, yes. It was bloody brilliant. Right. I was there with, Who was there? With were they all there? Were they all in it? They were all in it. All right. of them. All, all of them were in it. All of them. And me, me, and, me and my friend Paul got on the second or third row back. Right. During the, the Five Doctors panel. Oh, that's exciting. Not Five Doctors. It was Self, Colin, uh, Peter Davidson and John Pertwee. That's four Doctors. Yeah. Mm. And we were, we, were, we were so close to that, that, that stage and, and this really brilliant panel. And it's on YouTube, I think. Right. And then and they came and they, they left and then there was a gap, there was a pause and then Tom Baker... Kicked down the doors of the TARDIS ah. and walked in in his medic suit with his doctor's bag, mm. dumped the bag on the side of the stage and just began a, an hour-long monologue. Wow. And it, we were in heaven. Of course. It was hilarious. Did he refuse mm. to be on stage with the other doctors? Yes. That's he would Paul. do it. Why wouldn't he? Because it was, I think it was to do with, he was paid for an hour. You know, he yeah. said, well, I, I, can, I can give you an hour. Yeah. Pay me for an hour, then I'll, I'll do it, him. and I'll go. Yeah, why not? Uh, anything more than that would be longer, mm. and I think it was that was the reason why. Mm. But it was brilliant. Mm. It was great. Of course, we it were was. just. It was Tom heaven. Baker. It was Tom. How would it be anything? We other were on the front row, pretty much, <laughs> and Tom was just doing his bit, and it was just great. Again, it's all on on, on YouTube, mm. so to check it out. But we were there mm. at the time, and it was just it was just wonderful, mm. wonderful. And then um, before the Four Doctors panel. Pertwee came in in the back of Bessie. 
Yeah. Bessie came through the doors. Oh, John, oh, John Pope, who wanted to make a big entrance oh, today. Yes. Oh, yes. That's very unlikely. Yeah, I've heard a story about this. Oh, I don't know if on. you've heard the same go story. On, go on. That there's, there was a big, big gentleman, hefty guy, emceeing. And he was blabbering off. Yes, there was a big guy there with a beard. Yeah. Yes, and he was going... And soon we'll have Mr. Pertwee on, but let me tell you a story. And I've been told this from somebody else, I cannot recall when, that Pertwee was stood in Bessie, waiting to be wheeled on in Bessie, and he turned round to the people that were wheeling Bessie on and said, get that fat <laughs> off now or I'm not doing this. <laughs> and I can absolutely believe it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But it came on. <laughs> arms arms, arms <laughs> Wearing yes. the cape. Shirley Bassey arms. He's <laughs> doing his bit, his <laughs> pertwee, and then suddenly he stops, looks into the crowd and says to the guy next to me, is that Larry? <laughs> Hello, Larry. How the devil are you? Great, how lovely to see you. <laughs> but it was great. It was it was a really great convention. Yeah. Um, it apparently, Nick Courtney was pissed throughout most of it. Oh, you're amazing. Nick Courtney did the introductions. Yeah, he was kind of the compare. Drunk as hell. Yeah, it was a cup celebration. So. I heard he stumbled on, but you, actually, you can actually see it on one of the DVDs. Apparently, Michael Craze had a pint as well. Yeah. <laughs> he stumbled on uh, when... Pertwee was doing his panel with Katie Manning mm. in his red braces with a gin and tonic and thought I just thought I'd come along and say hi and John is a bit like it's kind of our panel and he sits down and Katie's all over him and he's like mm. he goes, come on Katie and he's bouncing Katie up and down on his knee you can just hear Pertwee going watch the skirt it was such a big deal that people yeah. were turning up un- uninvited James Bree was there yeah, oh, he was there. He was in trial of a time. He got him up on the stage and he, he did the part of the auction. Yeah, yeah. But people, stars who we all recognise, were yes. just coming just yeah. for the sake of being there. Fiona coming. Were, were they Fiona coming? Uh, she may be there as well. Mm. But it was such a big deal, and mm. you know, uh, we it, were there. It, it was our, it was our Woodstock. <laughs> I was about to say, did it feel like the last hurrah? Because it felt like a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because after that, it was nothing for a long time, yeah. like a decade. Yeah. And I remember, you know, the 40th anniversary, rocking round, and it just being an absolute washout. Well, there's a reason for that. Pathetic, wasn't it? Did you see that beautiful video that um, somebody shot, uh, like somebody's mother was in Waitrose and they bumped into Tom Yes, Baker. I did see that, yes. Oh, that God, it's great. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Would you mind, uh, my son is a big fan, can I record it? Hello, this is the fourth doctor from Tom Baker. <laughs> Elderly Doctor Who, hello. <laughs> <laughs> he's just—he's loving it though, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. And I love the fact that the video goes on at it's two seconds too long, and Tom's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's just hovering, oh. waiting for it to finish. It's it? He gives everything. It's just gorgeous. He gives everything. And Tom, you know, the, rocking back to '93. Yeah. He—he—he he, he came out for the for the you know 30th anniversary special, and he took he part. He in '59. 60. But we always joke, we always quote the lines he said, but you know, he's just good luck, my dears. Yeah, you know, we, we throw that yeah, quote yeah. out. Yes. He even hates children. He, yes. he, he was involved in that for about 50 seconds, yeah. of that. And there's so many quotable lines from, from that story because of his involvement. Yeah. And they were all there. And I think, shall we say, testament to John Nathan Turner, he got them all involved. Mm. It's awful, mm. but it was incredibly exciting to actually watch a Doctor Who episode. It was, yeah. Even he though it was awful. Pat Trapp back then. Or William Hartnell. Was he was busy. They were both busy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just two heads spinning. They were pickled in, ju- in like, uh, what was it? Pickled in, pickled in pickled. time like gherkins in a jar. That's it, thank you. And so, of course, that's where our name comes from. Yes. 
The menagerie is almost complete. <laughs> it is based on, on that. Yes. Samuel West, who's quite a well-known actor, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. he's a, a middle-aged ladies in bondage position gear. find him extremely attractive, but um, yes. <laughs> most of the human population doesn't. He's the spawn of Tim- <laughs> Timothy. The spawn. <laughs> Timothy West. <laughs> on the scale. That's harsh. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one what. thing that did die in 1993. Doctor Who in the Dark Dimension died. Ah, yes. Do you remember all the fuss about that? I do. Mm. Yes, I do. Would you fill us in on that, Charlie? That Maybe you've got more knowledge than we have. Adrian Rigglesford wrote mm. this script. Wrigleyford. Wrigleyford, yeah. Mm. It would have been great fun, I think. Uh, Tom was mm. was the um, the main character, and he was signed up, and there were pictures taken, um, publicity pictures of Tom. Tom with Cruise. a Dalek. Tom, again, wearing his... his, mm. his um, um, his medic suit. Oh, yes. Mm, yes. Uh, posing with the Dalek. What was the um, name of the show he was in at the time? Uh, I think it was called Medics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, was, which was good fun. Mm. Um, but the idea was that he would be the main character. That he right. was the main Doctor, which, which was what kind of the original plan for the five Doctors, mm. I think. It peeved the rest of the And the rest would be, would be yeah, sort of um, subordinate roles to, to his main... Lesser Doctors. Lesser Doctors. Mm. And, of course, mm. they said... No! <laughs> Colin Baker that. particularly <laughs> said that. He said, mm. no! He was punching <laughs> a sofa with his, with his, his right fist, yeah. That doesn't sound like Colin and Baker. He wouldn't have it. But to be fair, you know, mm. he had a point, you know. Yeah. Why should Tom be the one who's, who's favoured? Apart from the fact that, of course, he is the one who is identified by the public as being the yes. Doctor, definitive article. Better than But it's still, it was still a bit, uh, a bit uh, mealy-mouthed of them to, to do, go down that route. But that wasn't the only reason. I think there were other problems about funding and, and mm. BBC Worldwide were going to do it and then BBC were going to do it and then there was issues about who was going to, uh, where the budget would come from. So in the end, it was it was canned. It was uh, shared between Enterprises and BBC One, wasn't it? Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. But I think there was issues about, well, you make more money from, from us mm. because it's going to go around the world, mm. so you should be paying most of it. Mm. Ah, no, but it's BBC. You know, it's it's a it's a mainstream <clears throat> production, so you should be paying for most of it. No, 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 no. Right, in that case, let's call the whole thing off. Uh, and so Alan Yentop was was interesting, wasn't he? Because but Tom Baker what, got paid. Well, he got paid because he yes. was signed. Yes, that's right. So he was contracted. But uh, Alan Yentop was interested. I've, I've heard because um, he's a big Doctor Who fan, which is oh. the reason why we had so much stuff at the. In the season, yeah. Uh, so it was nineteen ninety-three that's right. anniversary because of Alan Yentop as controller of BBC One. Um, well, Yentop c- kept the fire burning. He kept it burning, thank, yeah, you know, yeah. thanks to him. But I did hear a funny story that there was concern. <laughs> it's not funny, really. It's it's it's, 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 it's quite accurate. Mm. There was a lot of people concerned that they were worried about how John Pertwee's Doctor was scripted as clambering over rocks in a quarry, mm. thinking. Can we actually insure Mr. Pertwee for doing this? Because <laughs> they knew he was three years away from passing away. Yeah, they were quite yeah. aware that he was a fragile old guy. In the 70s. And dear old Pertwee was going, of course I can do it, I can do anything. <laughs> you know, He'd have he said yes what. to anything. And he would have done it. He would yeah. have but John, such John, an old pro. Yeah. John always had this sort of belief about himself. I mean, even when he was Doctor Who, he couldn't particularly run terribly well. He's bad back. The Nazis had shot his sheet. Yeah, his knees to sheet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he'd woken up in ships in the Navy in the Second World War, covered in corpses. Yeah. Unimaginably hard life. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he was always like, yeah, absolutely, I can do it. Yeah, I'll no do problem. it. No problem, I can so do it. So the, the fallback was the air zone solution. Oh, uh, God, I wasn't going to bring that up, but seeing as you did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it was, it was Colin, it was, oh. was Davo, and it was Sylv. Sylv, yeah. And, and Pertwee got wind that they were doing this, so, well, 
Where, where's my script? <laughs> and so they got him involved too. I can't believe he actually asked to be in it. But this was... This was it was a day's work. It was Maybe. advertised on Steve Wright Afternoon on, on, on Radio 1. Was you know, it really? Yes, yes. It was, it was given some, some proper support, you know. This was kind of the... This is the best we can do. We've, we've lost the Dark Dimension, so we'll, the Azo solution will be it. So we'll kind of get behind it and give it a bit of promotion. But Davo was busy at the time, wasn't he? I mean, I think I, 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 he, he, he wasn't in it for long. He's bumped off after a couple of minutes, isn't he? Right. So he, he was busy but he doing all kinds. He's misbehaving. misbehaving, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, it's come around. Oh, God. Oh, it's hurting me. It's all right. Oh. Maybe if you both just... Oh. 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 Lie down. <laughs> we should do this more often. <laughs> No one to walk with all by myself. No one to talk with. Oh, Linda. Um, Padgett. Linda Padgett. Oh, yes. Is that right? Yeah. Is that uh, Linda Padgett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. Mm. Around about that time. Yeah. Well, he's pretty busy, but <clears throat> I think it was kind of. Uh, we've got to do something. In the same way that they did the five ish doctors for the, the 50th. But that's that's quite funny. The Air Zone Solution, which is a blatant ripoff of Edge of Darkness. Absolutely. Mm. But done on a camcorder by, I think, Bill Baggs. Bill Baggs, yeah. Colin said, yes, I'm available. Uh, well, he's the lead, isn't he? Mm. I mean, he's the main young stud in it. Well, he, he, who he gets two doing... blow released in it. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> no, he does. It's so awful. I, I had to watch it with Greg uh, once uh, when he was in, uh, in St Mary Cray in the old days. And we were both hammered and we had to fast forward through it. You know? <laughs> and that sex scene between uh, and Nicola, Colin and Nicola yeah, yeah. Is, is one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen on television. There's only one good line in it. I can't remember the character. But it's it's some... the end. <laughs> God. I wanted to kiss you. You would have embarrassed Muncie. Oh, shush. <laughs> so instead... Shush. Now, moving on, moving I on. For some shush. Crush, crush. Cut up a lock of your hair. Crush, crush. <laughs> now, in the world, the celestial toy maker. He manipulates people and makes them into his plaything. I was hoping we could mention 1993 without having to resort to the air zone solution. There was lots sorry. of other good stuff there. Well, that's my fault. Yeah, sorry. It, was, it was out of the time. I mean, you briefly mentioned the tins, Greg. Yes. I remember the, the Dalek VHS, yes. which was combined with the chase and remembrance of yeah. the Daleks. Oh, that's that. It was and so exciting. That was in September 93. <sighs> I got that for my birthday. That's what I asked for my, yeah. for my birthday. I got presented with the. Hardest in the trial of a time lord. And I mm. said to my mum, um, you know, I was, I was interested and it was available and, and very expensive. Like, like 30, 30 quid. 35, 35 quid. I thought it was wow. 30. Was it 35? 34.99. That's so expensive. Well, it was retailing. So expensive. Very, very expensive. And I hadn't been bought anything like that. And my mum came home and presented it. And it was purely because um, God, that's a she'd, she'd <laughs> spent money on others in the family. Yeah. And I'd sort of been overlooked for a while and had you know, asked for nothing. And so yeah. 
uh, and so suddenly there it was. What's up? They all got bought cars and they bought you a TARDIS tin because it's the same sort of price. <laughs> With that trade off, I'd have been happy at the time. <laughs> I would have taken it. All right. Yeah, and here it was this TARDIS tin. And it had Patrick Troughton on the bottom. Mine was Patrick Troughton on was the bottom really? as well, but it's a very old picture of him. It was yeah, like it, a picture uh, from like five, doc- five or doctors or, or two doctors, doctors one or the other. Yeah. 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 The Dalek tin. Oh, was yeah. Michael Wisher on mine, and it yeah. had first appeared in 1975 underneath it. Who did you have, Charlie? I'm quite depressed now because I had the tins but never checked the picture. Oh, <laughs> I remember being told when I bought mine that you know real fans buy every copy of the tin with a different picture oh, on the yeah. bottom, and yeah. I was 11. It's like. I can't really afford this. <laughs> and all my birthday money is counting out my oh. fibres. And there's like fat slob going, yeah, well, I've got one. There must have been doctor. Oh, yeah, seven. Ah, right, right. But most people I know either had Troughton or Colin Baker. I've may, Maybe maybe listeners can um, I'll correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. But I've never literally met anybody who didn't have Troughton or Colin Baker on their Trial of a Time Log tin. Well, I never had that one. Mm. I had the Master Tin, I had the Cyberman Tin, and mm. the Dalek Tin. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have Trial of Time because I had that for TV. Because yeah. I was, you know, of a certain age. Mm. And it was all, you know, as broadcast. So there was no need to buy that. Mm. Oh, here we go. Do you remember it? Here we go. It's here. You ready oh, for the big here. reveal? It's arrived. Yes, you can open it and ask us questions. Do you remember that from Doctor Who magazine? Well, we did that on the still do it. Old picture of Troughton. Troughton, yeah. There he is. He's dead now. Look at this. I remember that at the time being very excited. Total running time. Five hours and 50 minutes of Colin Baker. (laughs) (laughs) Of your life. (laughs) The worst Doctor Who ever made. Where are you off to now? To trace the Valiard. But he was here. Illusion glitz the shadow, not the substance. But if you don't want to come, you can stay here and build sandcastles. I'm sure if you think hard enough, you can conjure up a bucket and spade. Well, as, as an artifact... This is, mm. this is big, it's clunky, it's bulky. Mm. You know, it's quite it's nice, tin. But, but compare that to what we have now. Yeah, yeah, coming yeah, out, yeah. Like the yeah. season 19 box set. You'd never get that in Woolies it's now. straight away from what we had mm. 25 years ago. You know, that's just... Mm. That is prehistoric, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think it's nice? It's quality. I oh, mean, it's, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's it's a, quite nice. It's a lovely item. Compared to what we have now, it's... But it had to fit three VHS tapes. <laughs> that's like a party seven from the 1970s, you know. It's like oh, it's old-fashioned stuff. <laughs> it's really good. And how exciting was the logo? Yeah, that's quite nice. I loved the, the, the 30th Actually, they did do a brand new logo, didn't they, for the 30th anniversary? It was like a cut down. Well, I remember Doctor Who magazine had yeah. that as well, didn't they? And all the, the VHS releases. All the branding Two was, doctors had was that cut one. down with the 30th anniversary banner. The demons. Yeah. Which are the VHSs? Loads! Um, yeah. uh, d- d- uh, Peladon, I think. Yes, yeah, Curse t- of Peladon. Terminus. Terminus. That was 93. I think uh, mm. Silorians. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, any of the colourised ones. Uh, t- Autons. Terror of the Autons. Yeah. Autons. Mm. Actually, uh, and a few of the books. That reminds me, my mum said in 1993, um, Easter 1993, do you, want, do you want an Easter egg or would you rather have a Doctor Who video? Oh, no brain. Doctor Who video. Please. I got Terror of the Autons oh, instead great. of an Easter egg in 1993. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Uh, here we go, we've got a copy of Iceberg here by David Bank. Classic. Oh, Andrew Skillison. Nice. And if you look on the back, it's the th- anniversary logo. It it's, but it's not straight, it's, it's a jaunty angle on the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, don't, you don't have to be straight. Um, and then uh, Power of the Daleks, which is, I bought this in 1993. I've got that, that's worth some money. 
Hang on to it. Is it? Yes. Got the 30th anniversary logo on the back. How much is well? it worth? That's about 30 quid. 30 quid? I think mm. so, yeah. I paid £4.50, which was a lot of money for me in 1993. <laughs> that was over two weeks' pocket money, probably three weeks' pocket money. I have to hear that uh, John Peel is no longer with us. Uh, <laughs> Ghost Light? No, that's not the John Peel. Oh, oh, right. No, it's sure, Peel sessions. Well, I've just written Power of the Daleks. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, every good bookshop, go and buy it, please. <laughs> how much? Um, how much is Evil of the Daleks worth? Because that about was also same, released about the same, at the same time, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. As, I, as I recall it, the Master Plan uh, books, uh, this and Evil, are the ones that are worth hanging on to. I've got all of them. Yeah. I bought them all new. Messy, pristine. Yeah. I've never read them. <laughs> <laughs> so did you buy them? I read the book off. So did you buy them all in, in, a, in a big, big peel session? Ghost Light on CD. Oh, yes. Oh, Mark Ayres. And for some reason, I've included here in the list uh, two of the albums I bought at the time, which is The Connell's Ring, which is a great album, and Blur's Modern Life is Rubbish. Which I, is remember, I remember yes, Ring I when they did that horror film in Japan. Yeah, I think most of you know the song. The Ring. Yeah. 74, 75. Mm. Good I album. love that. That's a great album. Yeah. Good year for you. Chemical yeah. World. But what do we have here? Now then, this is the Radio Times. Oh, now then, the now Radio then. Times for the 26th and no, 20, 20th to the 26th of November. And you look, and it's just full of Doctor Who stuff. So there's the, on the first page... Oh, yes. Yeah, so we've got Time Frame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is the book we're going to talk about shortly. Mm -hmm. The TARDIS Tin, uh, Fury from the Deep on oh, audio. Yes, yes, nice. yes they're nice. all in that. Danny Baker with hair. Yes. yes. He's dead now, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Is he dead? No. 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 <laughs> Far from it. I'll move through this. Clive well, uh, James, he's not dead. Tom George. I, I was quoted with him quite recently in Douglas Murray's book. But this, is, this is literally travelling through time looking at this. Mm. Looking at all this nonsense. It's, it's a collection of dead people. Ferrets! Oh, and they're squirrels. Flick through your copy now. <laughs> Have you look at this actually? The powerful new four eight six from IBM. Oh my god! Look at the only price only of that. a grand <laughs> plus VAT plus VAT. That's plus VAT. That's the Tories for you. Good mm. <laughs> old major era. Mm. The peas are good tonight, dear. Mmm, they are good. Should we just read the uh, all in this computer? A 48625 processor, 1.44 megabytes of RAM. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> um, 3.5 floppy drive, uh, 129 megabyte hard disk. Gosh, who could ask for more? We're looking at a page here called Tale of a Time Lord, which is a feature all about Tom Baker. And a thing called the Regeneration Game. Oh, uh, on the side there. And then there's features about the monsters in this magazine, beautifully laid out. Mm -hmm. And then Carry On Screaming. Terry Rogan, he's dead now. And the Children in Need special with a lovely picture of Colin Baker. And Greg, oh, you, you have some. Wendy Richards, she's dead now. You have something to say about your feelings on seeing Colin Baker in 1993. Yes, I thought he looked old then. And then, and then I saw him after that and I thought, God, he looked even older. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember seeing him in the Colin Baker years and thinking, Christ, he's let himself go. But then if you look at it now, the Colin Baker years, you think he looks exactly the same as he did when he was Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. It's remarkable, these yeah. things, really. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you look at him, he looks like a... Anyway. 1993, the final um, series of Sherlock Holmes with Jeremy Brett oh, was being right? filmed. Really? It was It was aired in 1994, yeah. but it was shot in 93. What was the last one? 
Uh, it was called The Cardboard Box. Ooh. And Kenneth Connor was in the oh, final really? season, season. And he, he died before they, they transmitted. Caroline Seymour. Wow. Seymour. On the 21st survivors. of November on Sunday on Satellite, you could watch on UK call at 12 o'clock Survivors with Caroline Seymour. Sexy. Sexy. She was gorgeous, wasn't she? She liked to drink. That puppy will be dead now. Mr Blobby's dead now. Is that Michael? Ooh, look, look, Is look, that look, Patrick Moore? Jill Dando. She's dead. The 20th of November on radio on Saturday mm. at two four at uh, Radio Two at four o'clock. You could listen to Nicholas Courtney above, right as the Brigadier with Sylvester McCoy travels in time to celebrate a rare television phenomenon. Mm. Who's this? I think I've probably listened to that and recorded it as well. It's good. Mm. Yeah. It was really yeah. good. It was very similar to Thirty Years in the Tardis. Yeah. Um, Les Dennis. Dead Les now. Dennis. Mm. And here we have Children in Need. On Friday, BBC One, on the 26th of November, the special Children Need special in 3D, featuring mm. 30 years... Oh. No. Noel Edmonds launches BBC One's 3D TV week with a special Doctor Who adventure. Put on your 3D glasses and enter Dimensions in Time, in which all the Doctors find themselves trapped in Albert Square with the EastEnders. God. I mean, even in the radio the diamond. The EastEnders. Not so exciting, really. but, but just imagine that as, as a pitch. Mm. That is so partridge. Mm. Right, Doctor Who in Albert Square <laughs> with the Albert Square people. In 3D. In 3D. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. No? OK. Monkey tennis? <laughs> and you're quite right, yeah, Rick, yeah, when yeah, you yeah, mentioned yeah, the producer's yeah, perks yeah. line. But there's an interview mm. with... Uh, JNT and he's obviously on his downers in 1993. Yeah. He's got his special 3D glasses. So how have you found wearing the glasses? <laughs> well, I've enjoyed them no end. These are the, the executive model, um, the producer's perks, as they're called, which have uh, that capability on them. I must say, I put these on, you look three-dimensional both ways. But that's because you are. Producer's perks. Mm. <laughs> it's like, this will be the last thing you ever produced mm. for television. It's, it's heartbreaking, actually, yeah. when you think about it. It's great. Every single conceivable hand and pissed everybody <laughs> off. <laughs> and nobody wants to work with you. Apparently, in the, in the JT book, um, tying in with Dimensions in Time, which must have been a tough year for him. He, he rocked into the office of Enterprises, his boss. He was, he was still like, submitting stuff for the, the year's tapes and all that crap. Yeah. And the feedback was not good to Enterprises, saying, These tapes are not good quality. People want better than this, and John was going, Okay, well, we'll do the Colin Baker years, and you know, it's the same old stuff, not very good. Oh. And when he found out that the Enterprises and BBC One were building this idea of the dark dimension, he walked in effing and blind. Really? Right. And he said, At that point, I fired him. Yeah. Uh, I said, oh. he, I won't commit. Well, okay, John, I won't commission you for any more videotapes, and you'll find after 1993. There's nothing with John Nathan Turner's name on a video. Right. So that was it. Well, I'm not surprised. He must have felt very undercut. But he was. This is my show. Yeah. Mm. You know, I've, I've been on the off the payroll for two and a half years because you axed it. Now you're going to bring it back as a video. Mm. Shouldn't I be producing? And then we don't want you to produce it. Mm. It must have been hard. For yeah. yeah. It, it must. must. You know, I do. I do. Mm. I do. For some French. Time. That was, I think 93 may have been the beginning of the real end for, for John Nathan Turner's career mm. in terms of television. Mm. But here we have Time Frame. Would you like to talk about this, Charlie? It's nice, yes, yes. What is it? It's well, like I say, I, I Big had thing from 93. two copies of this. In effect, Time Frame was um, a history of uh, Doctor Who in artwork. Well, it was the um, 
the, the book covers mm. uh, with a, a narrative as to where they came from and a bit about the um, the um, artist who, who did these. Mm. Now I bought two copies of this, one of which is hardback, which is on my um, my bookcase. Now I, I didn't go massively for these sort of large format books. I've got the Peter Haydings. Yeah. I got the um, 60s and 70s and 80s books and I got time frame but beyond that I didn't really get very much else but this was I, I thought was beautiful because you had the book covers in large format looking absolutely gorgeous there's one here of the Stones of Blood uh, Andrew Scaletta which is gorgeous really really nicely sort of formatted mm. and I thought well uh, it's nice, it would be nice to have these as, a, as prints you know you couldn't buy them in those days. You couldn't buy them. That's yeah. right. I got beyond that. I could I could buy the Achilles prints. I've got a few of those on uh, from on my wall. But at the time there was nothing, so I wanted these on my wall in my house. So I wanted the, I did it when I bought two copies, one in hardback, which is still there, and one in paperback, which I cut up. Gosh, the uh, greatest men. I'm sure. Took out my my shears and took it to pieces, oh, and, and the ones I liked the best, I put in, in frames. And the ones I like the best were Horror of Fang Rock, which is um, uh, Jeff Cummings, which is beautiful, absolutely beautiful piece of work. My favourite uh, cover of all time. Really? Right, okay. I just love it. It's there. It's, it's very dark, it's, isn't it? It's, just, it's so moody. It's just He's wearing the bowler Photorealistic, well, yeah. Tom in his bowler hat with 69 on his cheek for reasons that... What is that? I've never noticed that. I still that. don't know why he's got that on his cheek. Is he, that an error? I don't know. It's just a... Not a bit of detail, but it's there. That's odd. Have, must be sort of some sort of in joke. I mean, I, I know the guy who, who owns the original artwork. Yeah, um, and, and he, he knows Jeff, so I might ask him to. Ask Please, Jeff can you find out why has Tom got sixty nine written on is his it, cheek? Is it just actually the shading that looks like sixty nine? It must be. It must be the face of evil, which is over the page, which is also from yeah. by Jeff Cummings. Absolutely gorgeous, and then some Achilles stuff. Um, I got the. Uh, that's an interesting one when you can get the logo. Yeah, robots, the giant robot's nice. Yeah, that's by Peter Brooks. Um, so again, very nice. Uh, but I didn't choose that one. I choose. I, I choose um, some Achilles stuff. I choose the um, uh, dinosaur invasion, which is the, the clack. Clack. Yeah, one of my favourites. Um, and some uh, earlier Achilles, which was the Daleks and the uh, the Zabi, mm. which is here somewhere. Um, but it's a lovely piece of work. It's it's a great book. It's one of those books that uh, that sort of shines in in the, the range as being one of those books you could have flicked through. It's a great coffee table book. There it is. That's I think is my second favourite um, yeah. Doctor Who uh, target cover, which is the Zabi. Yeah, uh, really beautiful picture. Uh, I mean that's I think that's Hartnell in um, Toy Toymaker. I think. That's the, the still that he's based that, that, that great portrait right, on. That, isn't it? It's really but that lovely. kind of pointillism is, is yeah. just really, really lovely. And it, that, that style of always having the doctors in black and white. Yes, and oh, the rest yes. in colour, which Absolutely. carried through for a while, didn't it? It works very, very nicely. I believe it was based on the, the Day of the Daleks Radio Times cover right? by Frank Bellamy. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, and they established that theme for the book cover. That's where it came from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a lovely piece of work. That's a really great book. I, I, I love it. You can probably pick it up quite cheap now on eBay, can't yeah, you? I should imagine. Favorites. A couple of quid? By David J. Howe. It's yeah. one of my favourites. Do you have time frame, Greg? Yes. Okay. So, moving on. 
we're going to contribute. We're uh, going to go into the time space visualizer mm. to talk about a very special piece of television, mm. uh, which is close to our hearts. It's 30 years in the TARDIS. Oh, yes, mm. I remember that. They were all in it. It's a time space visualizer. Now, I believe 30s in the TARDIS was broadcast on the 29th of November, something mm. like that. Does someone want to check? I don't know. I think it's 29th of November. It was definitely a week after the anniversary weekend. Yeah. And I remember being so excited to watch this, I think, at least an hour long who was documentary. Who did it? Was it Kevin Davis? Is that right? Yes. We did mm. a very good job of producing mm. this documentary. Mm. And to jump forward the next day at school it was like watching Remembrance of the Daleks again everybody was talking about the documentary the night before about Doctor Who had such an impact and for me it was just like a great opportunity to see loads of clips from shows I'd never seen before (laughs) exactly that black and white stuff it was wild I'd never seen half this stuff now Charlie you maybe had because of your access to videotapes I mean we kind of discussed this before but uh, by that time I'd I'd had access to most of everything Uh, we we knew we had a contact mm. and um, me and and Paul went round to his house and it was like well he said well what what do you fancy? And we said, well, OK, we'll chance our arm here and go for a biggie. Have you got Inferno? <laughs> Inspector would say, come on, what, Inferno? He said, yeah. oh, yeah, it's just here, yeah. Right. One of my favourites. Do you want to borrow it? It's like, good ah! lord. <laughs> good lord. That was the beginning of, you know, of our kind of the deluge of, of everything mm. for me and Paul. So we, we had most of that stuff. But at the same time, seeing it in that context with the actors talking, giving us a bit of commentary, because, of course, by mm. the time there'd be no DVDs, there'd be no DVD commentaries, mm. to have someone uh, give us a little bit of background feedback about the story, some kind of uh, insight, was, was a novelty. So mm. to have that in 30 Years in the TARDIS was, was quite cool. And I remember very clearly the Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant on St Paul's Cathedral Steps. Yes. That's the bit that stands out for me as being, mm. as being, you know, the standout moment for me. And the CGI, the floating Cybermat. Yes, yes, with, great. The gnashing tail, that was great. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And the recreation of all the Cybermen walking down some full steps before they changed everything. Yes. Ooh, and it's the we David Banks recently, style. didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, mm. that's a fantastic... There's so, so many recreated scenes, which must have got great expense mm. to, to do. You know, they, they rebuilt the set from Not Evil true. of the Daleks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks incredible. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely you know, superb. Thrill when that little kid went into the TARDIS and the camera <gasps> follows them through. Through the door. We've doors. never seen that before, have we? I don't think it's been done since to that, to that level, has yeah. it? Yeah, and Carol Ford's there giving him a, an evil stare. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> and the Sontara stalking Sarah Jane and her daughter. You know, it was just mm. wonderfully Sadie. done. Sadie, yeah, yeah. very special, and I just remember being incredibly excited. And looking back on it now, it's a very vague documentary. It just gives you oversight. You know, it's 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 designed for the lay viewer, mm-hmm. the people that actually should be enjoying Doctor Who, not the experts. Yeah. But when I was like 
12 or 11 watching this was oh, mind-blowing. Was so exciting. And the behind-the-scenes footage, which I never knew was a thing. The fact that anybody cared about this other <sighs> show, you know. Primetime mm. BBC One documentary. Mm. Again, Alan Yentob to thank, yeah. do you yeah. think? The sort of thing you, you, you get in previous years on Did You See with Ludovic Kennedy, you know, like yeah. a ten-minute segment. Yeah. Here we got full-on the works, you know, real, yeah, yeah. full-budget production. It was it was really... Did us proud. Scored by Mark Ayres, so a lot of the music in it was, was specially composed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure at the time I would have recognised um, Michael Wisher, for example, who's in it. He's in it. Um, but I don't know if I, I would have known that that was the original Davros. Is he in it? It's one of his last things, isn't it? Is it? He's at 1993. What did he do? Um, he's, um, he's, he sort of um, holds the TARDIS doors open or something like that. But he's in it. He's definitely in it. I think, I think, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Is he, does he open the TARDIS doors? Just the, the guy with the white moustache yeah, in the background. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I can't, I can't quite remember. I can sort of see him in my mind's eye. I but can't recall that at all. We'll have to watch the disc later. Yes. But um, he's idea. in it. He's definitely in it. Are you sure that's not the Dalek Mania documentary? No, 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 no. It's Michael Wishes. It's, it's definitely not, it's in not the downtime. 30, 30 years in the time. Is <laughs> <laughs> in that? The same way that Edward de Souza was in Wheel in Space. But no, no, he's, de he's, definitely, he's definitely in it. <laughs> right, OK. Well, we'll watch mm. and we'll see. I, mm. I don't remember that bit. Yeah. They're all in it. But I know that 30 Years in the TARDIS is very different to more than 30 Years in the TARDIS, which is a completely different edit. It's the same thing, but a bit longer. That I was on VHS, wasn't it? Yes, and I remember that coming out the year later and being very excited because I was very poorly and I flew and my mum bought me it on VHS. As mums do these things, they yeah. buy things for yeah, you yeah. and they, they bless, bring things. And they, bless them, bless them. And I just watched it, it made me feel so much better when I was watching it, I was so happy. It's not all good there, isn't it? I mean, they've got some complete... Not a c*** in it, like um, Ken Livingstone, you know, that massive is he in it? Yes. I'm trying to recall. What did he shameful. do? Shameful. Absolutely did, shameful. What did he say in it? Shame on the Labour he Party. Said, he said, oh, yes, I remember it went, diddly dim, diddly dim, diddly dim, 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 diddly dim, diddly It was on every Saturday. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what? where's my cheque? Well, they have a scumbag like that. <laughs> <laughs> a complete and utter irretrievable c***. <laughs> Ken Livingstone. You keep that out. You're going to have to edit that out. I'm not happy for that to go. Yeah. The, the off-white can. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> it gave us some great moments, though, such as um, talking about monsters and then cutting mm -hmm. the lovely Terrence Sticks going, Queen! Gallifrey <laughs> Monsters is Queen! That's true. And it, that in itself yeah. has now become... Moments. Yes. Moments become incredibly <laughs> quotable. But and I was thinking, how many people who are in this documentary are now dead? Mm. That's the worrying thing. Well, Heard we? Elizabeth Sladen. Yeah. Michael uh, Wisher. Oh, loads. Nick. Mm. Nick Caroline Courtney. John. Mm. You know, so many. Mm. Nick Courtney's in it extensively, isn't he? He, he narrates it. Yeah. yeah. And given another 30 years, everyone will be dead who's e even involved with the... It was great, wasn't it? We had rare clips, you know, we had... Uh, a wonderful soundtrack, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff, and it was on prime time at BBC One. You can't really go wrong. Yeah. And it did feel like that was probably the last hurrah, and for me it was, because mm. 
I was so excited to see Doctor Who back in the mainstream, even for a short flurry of a moment with new content and new material. Yeah. And I wished for it to come back in the same way for many, many years. And when it finally did, I didn't really want it. What, three years later? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, that's different. I don't count yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Really? The, the, the began it's phenomenon. It was a flash in the pan. We loved it. Happened. We loved that. It happened and it went. We, we thought that was I the new it. dawn. It wasn't. Yeah. We know that. I wasn't now. referring to that. Pertwee died. But, but don't forget that. Don't forget that. I've not forgotten it, but I remember being very excited and the build-up was great. But once it happened, that was it. Yeah. You know, we, we blew our beans, it happened, and mm. then there was nothing to follow. So the build-up was exciting in 95 to 96. But after that... Oh, it's not coming back. And it felt like, well, if it's failed, it's finished. Mm. Um, and but but, it, but it to, be, to be fair, it hasn't failed. It may have failed for us, or for you, but it's still happening. And tomorrow is the start of the new Whittaker mm. era. Whittaker. Whether or not that'll be you know, a success, we shall... Remains to be seen. Hopefully, oh, I'm sure it'll be a fingers crossed. Well, not, not great tomorrow. So as, as it is now, it's today because mm. it's over. Well, we wish them all the best, but we I do. Don't, we I do. don't think it'll be quite as special as it was in but 1993. The, but, but pardon me, the legend does continue. Well, for for right or for wrong, but it goes on. Doctor Who lives. enjoyed listening to that twaddle you can follow us on twitter at dw menagerie that's at dw menagerie and we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing doctor who is copyright of the bbc no infringements on copyright are intended support doctor who by purchasing dvds and cds and all other media from the bbc any comments made by the complete menagerie <laughs> almost are all our own You've been listening to a Sixth Floor production.